Welcome to Dyslexia Notes, a space to examine the intersection between dyslexia and music. I'm Karen. I'm a professional oboist with over 25 years of experience as a performer and teaching artist. I also have dyslexia. I'm here to share some of my stories and strategies with the hope that they might help someone else along the way. If you're in the world of dyslexia, then you've likely heard about accommodations. These are adaptations that can be made to help neurodiverse learners assimilate information. According to the International Dyslexia Association, quote, accommodations make it possible for students with dyslexia to demonstrate their learning without being hindered by their disabilities, end quote. The challenge, particularly in music, can be the fact that some people see making an accommodation as diluting the integrity of the learning process. Somehow, if you're making an accommodation, you're not learning it correctly. I want to share a story to help dispel that misinformation. As an undergraduate, I was lucky enough to study with the esteemed oboist and teacher, James Caldwell. He had a very systematic approach to his teaching. During our time as students, we were expected to work our way through the Barrett Oboe Method, a rather long, late romantic era etude book. The path through the book started with a set of 12 articulation studies. These were short melodies, each only about three lines long. Before beginning, you sought out a senior and faithfully copied a set of markings into your book. They were passed from one generation to the next. It took me a while to do this, and I made a few copying errors, but I got it done. After that step, you'd play them for Mr. Caldwell in the original key with all the markings in place. Once he was satisfied with how they sounded, you moved on to the next steps, memorization and transposition. I can't remember which I had to do first. I remember struggling with both, but it was the transpositions that nearly derailed me. I came very close to quitting the oboe entirely at that point in my studies. The assignment was to transpose the etude up or down a half step by sight. We weren't allowed to write it out. We had to do it by sight. Week after week, I would come into my lessons and just flop my way through these things like a half-dead fish on a beach. It was a painfully bad experience, and the practice sessions that brought me to these disastrous lessons were also wretched. I remember being in the practice room and wanting to be able to do it, but just banging my head against a wall over and over and over. I would get headaches, I would get exhausted, and I would feel terribly about myself. At this point, my dyslexia was still undiagnosed. I didn't know why I was struggling. I was just struggling. Every week, I'd come into my lessons and just flummox my way through. Eventually, I would kind of pull it together enough that Mr. Caldwell would grudgingly pass me to the next exercise, but it was clear that he thought I must not be practicing or taking anything very seriously. Our relationship turned more and more sour. He started having conversations with me about the fact that perhaps music wasn't for me and I should consider something else. It was awful, and there were a lot of Kleenexes involved. It was a long time ago, and I can't remember the exact point this happened, but one day he looked at me as I was flopping around on the beach and said, you can't do this. I don't know why, but you can't do this. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I now understand why. He proceeded to talk about the purpose behind the transposition exercise. The idea was to increase the challenges around the etude and to make it all feel unfamiliar again. Then, when you went back to the original key, it would feel very easy and you'd be free to just express the music. He described it as putting weights on to go for a run. Once you removed the weights, the running feels effortless. 
it was having the exact opposite pedagogical impact for me. Not only could I not read in the transposed key, when I moved back to the original key, I had now picked up kinesthetic habits that meant I was actually playing it worse than I had prior to the transposition process. Mr. Caldwell had a way of staring into my soul, and one lesson he said, let's not do this anymore. This is not working for you. I've never let anyone not transpose, but we're not going to do this anymore. He threw me back in the water that day. He made an accommodation that changed my studies with him dramatically. I still had a lot to work through in my playing, but now I at least had a hope of improving. I had a hope of focusing on more than simply trying to play more than two correct notes in a row. And it started the turn that led us to a much better working relationship. Instead of being focused on playing the right note, I was able to work on the aspects of the music that he was really concerned with, the technique, tone production, and most importantly, the phrasing. Not having to transpose meant that I could actually achieve the level of ease and musical expression he expected. That accommodation made it possible for me to demonstrate my learning without being hindered by my disability. Whether you're a music teacher or a music student, if dyslexia is part of the equation, making an accommodation doesn't dilute pedagogical integrity, it enhances it. The trick is to know the end. What are you trying to achieve? Once you have a clear objective, you can figure out a good path to get there. So go trekking find some good paths. And until next time, I wish you very happy practicing.